Hello, and welcome to this episode of Special Advising, the podcast, No Parent Left Behind, and our new groovy introduction music. I thought it was time for a change, so giving this one a shot. Special Ed Rising is a show aimed at parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities, but welcomes siblings, teachers, healthcare professionals, and anyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health, wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're looking for an open, friendly, and honest source to inform and inspire you, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark, and I have 34 years of experience teaching kids and coaching parents, and I'm your host. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, an outpouring of goodness, and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Attending to these areas will allow you to be all you hope to be for them. Today, I want to speak to the dads. I'll be exploring what I see in terms of a father's involvement in an exceptional needs child's life, offering some research findings, some personal observations, and some encouragement. Is it a myth that mothers are the ones bearing the heavier responsibility of raising their disabled child? And if it is, then why is this the perception? What is the deal with dads? After that, stay tuned for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip followed by a good news community share for some promising and inspiring news that impacts, connects, celebrates, and gives hope to your child and parents like yourselves. Today's share is about a dad and the beautiful gesture he's made in his life for another. So put down that remote and let's involve ourselves in another win. Hey, dads, who's making dinner tonight? Well, there's room enough in the kitchen for two. If the space is tight, you can dance to a mutually created choreography with your spouse that considers the limitations. Jump on in to discover that you can handle the ingredients, the temperature, and the attention called for. It may seem too hot, but all the more reason to step into the fray. You can help to turn down the heat by lending a hand and reducing the pressure's carried on the back of a single chef. Can it be done without you? Sure it can. But will it take longer? Will the pressure on one person to produce a quality effort every day mount and weigh? That's the risk. With the two of you working together from the same cookbook, discussing the recipe, listening to each other, developing your approach, divvying responsibilities, making choices, and stepping up when met with unexpected challenges like missing ingredients, cleaning up spills when the water boils over and onto the floor, stubborn utensils refusing to do as you want, and more. You might find that the struggles in the kitchen relent, and a happy meal is within reach. Over the course of my three decades of working with parents of exceptional needs children, I've met some amazing fathers who were equally involved in their child's education and well-being. They've attended IEP meetings, gone to sign language classes at night, picked their child up at school, made their lunches, and spent quality time while dealing with daily life challenges. However, I wouldn't be honest if I was to say that this was the rule rather than the exception. This is according to my experience, which is lengthy by time standards, but not vast in terms of geography and area codes beyond the ones where I've lived and worked. And while this has been my experience, does it mean that this is truly the way it is overall? Overall? 
Or is the story that dads aren't as involved with their disabled child becoming more a perception than a reality? My hope here is to shed some light on this topic and talk about facts in relation to a father's involvement versus a mother's within the space of your disabled child's world. This podcast will not answer all the whys or have all the answers at all. My hope, rather, by bringing this topic to the fore is that it may inspire dads that are not as involved to decide to take at least an equal part in the daily life issues their child with a disability faces, instead of leaving it to the moms to manage. My personal experience aside, as I have ventured into the blogosphere and podcast world, I've had to do a lot of research and look for ways to connect with parents. Whenever I'm looking for a quote to inspire others, I either come across ones that speak generally to parents or I find ones directed predominantly at mothers. It's not that the ones for dads don't exist, but try to find me two without having to scour the screen for several pages. Is this because society presumes the mother to be the one who should bear the majority of the responsibilities in raising a disabled child? Or is it a built-in excuse about how men aren't as good in this situation as a woman? Cultural differences can play a part here as well. Or maybe, maybe, maybe. I have my own ideas and hopes of what a father might be in the best case when it comes to being a model, teacher, friend, protector, and advocate for his disabled child. And were I to have been a father, it seems natural for me to have wanted to be equally involved in and share the responsibilities of raising my child. But I won't tell you that you should feel the same. However, if you feel differently and are less involved, then I will proffer to you that you might be missing out. I've had enough time with your children and played the father figure to many kids who were without dads to know what being involved with a child means, the rewards to be gained and the love to be had. I know what it's like to struggle with the behaviors that ignore my wishes and absorb the physical attacks that can come from an overwhelmed child. I could regale you with retellings of such stories for hours. But after all is said and done, I wouldn't change my experience for a less stressful or trying times at a job. As a teacher, your job brings you into the real lives of others, and so it can be all-encompassing, and that's enough to give special education teachers their bona fides to weigh in on this subject. And as a male teacher, I can speak to the importance of a male figure to these kids if one is available. There's no question, and studies support the fact that I don't even need to quote them to you. The stress levels for parents of a child with a disability are greater than those of non-disabled children's parents. But the fact is that over the years, there's been very little research on a father's involvement, its impact on the child, and its impact on the man when caring for his disabled child. One study supports this claim. It's entitled Parenting Stress, a Comparison of Mothers and Fathers of Disabled and Non-Disabled Children by Alexis Philbin. It states that identification of factors related to parenting stress in fathers was of particular importance to this study as fathers are often an underrepresented group within parenting research. Autism Spectrum News has a great article I want to share a bit of entitled Understanding the Father Factor While Raising Children with ASD by Robert Nassif, Ph.D., in uh, April of 2015. Fathers of children with autism tend to be either very involved or withdrawn and virtually absent from interactions with professionals, with the majority seemingly uninvolved. From this observation, many professionals assume that fathers do not wish to be involved. Is this really the case, or do men relate and need to be engaged somewhat differently? 
Fathers are often poorly represented at IEP meetings, conferences, and support groups for parents of children with autism. Usually, they're at home watching the children so their partners can attend, or they're at work providing for their families. Men generally prefer to do things to help out as opposed to connecting by talking about the stresses and strains. Until relatively recently, the role of fathers in child development was largely ignored in professional literature. While traditionally regarded as providers and protectors, fathers were not expected to be involved in day-to-day parenting, with the notable exception of discipline. In emphasizing the importance of mothers, researchers lost sight of the father in the family context. The word parent became synonymous with mother. The same trend applied to fathers of children with disabilities. Consequently, the literature specifically about fathers of children with ASD is limited. The article goes on to address different areas of parenting and the changes that are occurring relative to the father's participation. Research has consistently shown that men are less likely than women to admit to uncomfortable or negative feelings. Seeking help typically involves recognition of problems and is in direct conflict with the masculine gender role, which includes lack of emotional expression, control, and self-reliance. Now, admittedly, this article is from 2015, and some of its findings and quotes are even older than that. I believe this holds true still for some men, but there have been great societal changes since those times, and if you're paying attention, you can see the transformation in paternal involvement um, in parenting. And while I trust that more dads these days are involved, it still isn't as equal a partnership for so many families, and the Tower of Pisa leans towards the mom when it comes to nurturing still. Even more recent findings still focus on the mother. BU.edu, in their article, Parenting Children with Special Needs, expresses the burden of stress is great for parents of those with special needs. A recent study found that mothers of adolescents and adults with autism had levels of stress hormones comparable to soldiers in combat. Finances are often a source of stress. Frequently, one parent sacrifices their career to attend to the child's needs, with a resulting loss of income for the family. The emotional impact is enormous and may include fear and worry, guilt, feelings of isolation, and grief. Now, by being an active equal partner, you can offer each other the space and time to recoup your energy and return ready and able to meet the offensive line of your child's behaviors. The following is true. Parents of children with special needs are often exhausted and frequently become depressed. Their reserves of time and resources for self-care are even more depleted than those of parents of typical children. Yet, their need for refueling is also greater. To be sustained through the marathon of caring for a child with special needs, it's essential that parents attend to their own needs. I believe mindfulness is a helpful practice when approaching your exceptional needs child and your daily life. By being mindful, you allow yourself the space to consider your responses to situations without reacting in a knee-jerk fashion. You accept the other for who they are and work within their limitations and strengths, as well as your own, to help them. It offers the chance for you to remain calm under pressure and provides outlets for you to breathe and remain in touch with yourself following difficult encounters. If you're new to this podcast and are a dad yourself who is curious about this approach, tune into my two-part series from earlier this year on mindful parenting. And remember, it's okay to speak with a professional to help you deal with whatever's blocking you from connecting with your child. The National Responsible Fatherhood Clearinghouse offers tips and best practices for fathers of children with exceptional needs. First off, 
Many resources that provide information about parenting children with special needs are targeted towards mothers. Finding resources that are directed towards fathers helps them feel more secure in their parenting abilities. When fathers feel more secure, they are more likely to become more involved in the lives of their children with special needs. Couples who have children with special needs often report low marriage satisfaction. Couples counseling, workshops on communication skills, and handouts can be important components of programming to help support fathers of children with special needs. Fathers can be overwhelmed with the challenges that come with raising a child with special needs. This anxiety can sometimes cause fathers to become less involved in their child's life. Encouraging fathers to become involved in both the physical and emotional care of their children can help strengthen the parent-child bond and improve child development. I'll include a handout for anyone interested in having the facts on Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act in my resource page of my website. It's interesting how, as I mentioned, the dearth of special exceptional needs quotes for dads that exist. But when I can find them, they're usually attached to Father's Day wishes. You don't really find this singular connection with mothers. I'll post uh, on my resource page of my website a page that contains several of these quotes that are nearly all positive. One, however, is a stark reminder of the truth of the situation for many moms, being that they are still carrying the heavier load in general. This quote goes as follows. In honor of Father's Day, I won't nag you to do a single thing. Let's just forget about the fact that this week alone, I made three different doctor appointments, filled out a bunch of school forms, called a pharmacy for an EpiPen refill, called a teacher to discuss better tactics for doing homework, helped complete two book reports, and researched new shoes that would fit the foot braces. Happy Father's Day, honey. Oh, and I also found a new speech therapist to replace the one who's moving away. Ouch. <laughs> that's, a, that's rough, but very real in many instances. Not all, but in many instances. From my experience, when it comes to a father's involvement, mothers just want you to be involved. But often I've seen this instead. Many times I've worked with the mom for a few weeks before I've ever met the dad. Sometimes I meet the dad once and then don't see them but for flashes, if ever. Or, while I'm working with the mom, the dad will walk through the room, say hello, and disappear without showing any interest in what's being discussed to help and manage his child. When I ask about the sharing of time between a couple dealing with meltdowns, preparing meals, playtime, time working together, schoolwork, etc., to the moms about the dads, I often get eye rolls or dismissive comments as if I had asked something outrageous or I must be kidding. Or the mom just acts as if she's on it and doesn't worry so much or express concern that the husband isn't a first responder as she is. And again, to be clear, this is not all dads. I know there are exceptional examples of you out there. No doubt the shoes are reversed in many cases where the dad is the primary caretaker. And major kudos to you on that. And I am aware that there are moms who want to be the ones leading the charge, and that's great too. But now I'm speaking to the dads who might be able to do more and aren't. The ones whose partners would love and appreciate their participation. These types of reactions are common among wives, moms, partners, and exes. If you are an involved dad, then I would encourage you to speak with other dads who may be less so. I would encourage all dads struggling with coping to find support groups to help with the emotions you may be feeling. Quote, it's not that I need support, but it would be nice to know there are other guys who feel the way I do. 
having a child with special needs is not something that just comes up when you're talking with a bunch of guys unless they all have that in common, says Steve, dad of a son with autism. This from medicalhomeportal.com. It's okay to have your feelings and admit to feelings of helplessness or being overwhelmed. You're not alone. But if you are absent, then your wife or partner is. Your involvement is paramount to the health and well-being and success of your child, or I should say it can increase the potential for this. Many single moms and dads do just fine, but it's a huge ask for them. They're giving up so much of themselves to manage. And let's not forget that not every parent is doing the caretaking unencumbered themselves. There are many who are disabled too and trying to manage it all. If you have a family that is made up of two parents, mom, dad, 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 mom, mom, or other, then you have the opportunity to maximize your coupled resources. Quoting from medicalhomeportal.com in their article, Fathers of Special Needs Children, comes an example of sharing responsibility. A father's role in a special needs family is vital. He not only can make the child feel safe, but he can also hold down the fort when mom is taking care of the many needs of the child. Many dads take a huge role in the care of the child and make the care part of their daily routine. Each family can share responsibility, finding what works best for their personalities, strengths, and schedules. One dad says, We have a daily to-do list for our son's care. Meds, bathing, teaching, toileting, and more. I have my jobs and my wife has hers. Together, we get them done so he can relax at the end of the day. I'm going to recommend a podcast from ParentingSpecialNeeds.com containing an interview with a father called Father's Perspective, Raising a Child with Special Needs by Shantai Snellgrove. I'll add this to the resource page of my website. Whether or not it's societal expectations of a mother and father as to who should be the earner and who should be the caretaker, are we really still playing this game? Or the scenario where the The mother is an earner, yet she's still expected to be the caretaker of the kids and you. Haven't we moved on yet? And then there's cultural practices wherein the mother is understood to raise the children. These are legitimate. These are historic. But I think we can do better. I believe it's time to change this paradigm, and you can make it happen. Talk to your child, to your spouse or partner. Find out how you can share the job of guiding your child and attending to their extraordinary needs should that apply. Maintain your relationships that give you strength and reach out to other fathers going through the same things. You'll feel the reward at the end of the day and you'll realize how much you've been missing. The exhaustion, the stress, the fears, and more are the cost, but the rewards are the love of your child, the intimacy gained, the insights learned, the pride felt, and a happy, loved son or daughter, or both. These negative investments can feel like a roadblock, but your inspiration can be the rewards of having made them. Gentlemen, you've got this. It's time now for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip. Today's tip comes from PACER.org, the PACER Center, and addresses Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act. How does Section 504 define disability and major life functions? Under Section 504, disability is defined broadly. 
A student is determined to have a disability if he or she has a physical or mental impairment affecting a body system. This impairment or disability must substantially limit one or more major life activities. These activities include such things as walking, seeing, hearing, speaking, breathing, learning, working, caring for oneself, performing manual tasks, eating, sleeping, standing, lifting, bending, reading, concentrating, thinking, communicating, and more. When determining whether a student has a physical or mental impairment, the school district must not consider the improvement of a disability caused by a mitigating measure, such as medication, hearing aids, prosthetics, mobility devices, or other means. The language on mitigating measures was added in the ADA Amendments Act of 2008. Today's Good News Community Share comes from the Today Show at today.com. See Mom's Heartwarming Tribute to Dads Who Adopt Kids with Special Needs by Terry Peters. Caddy Driver and her husband, Chris, adopted their son, Lian, from China in 2016. Lian, who has Down syndrome, became part of a large family overnight, joining the driver's three biological children who range in age from 17 to 20. Driver says she and her husband had no knowledge of caring for a child with special needs before deciding to adopt Lian. Her family learned sign language to communicate with Lian, who is now six and began researching how to help a child with Down syndrome thrive. Since Lian joined the family, the drivers have become advocates for families pursuing international special needs adoption. Driver holds fundraisers to help her fellow adoptive families raise money for their adoption costs and has written a book called Extraordinary Stories of Adopting Children with Down Syndrome. Driver, who blogs at This Eternal Journey, recently paid tribute to her husband and other fathers who have adopted or care for kids with special needs. Quote, I originally wanted to write about my husband and our journey, but I knew from the adoption community how much commonality there is in our stories, and I started thinking about telling the stories through pictures, said Driver who put out a call on Facebook for photos of dads with their children. I thought it would be a powerful testimony of what good men can do. Here's to the daddies who don't count chromosomes, Driver wrote. Here's to the dads who strive for attachment, who celebrate the hard-fought battle from fear to trust. Here's to the dads who break down racial divides, who wait for years for adoptions to go through, longing to give their child a permanent name and home. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. It's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Special Ed Rising, Facebook at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parenting coaching through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. 
I would love for you to share some of your stories, which I can add to the community share page of my website. With your permission, I'd love to share your submission with the audience. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising. Oh, 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 oh,